and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Wednesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. Wolf, talk. Uh, we're going to talk to Max Starks today. We're going to talk to Mike Fitzgerald, DBS yes. Assistant GM. Uh, what will Wolf watch here on the uh, on the dockets? Uh, we got our power poll coming up. That can only mean it's Wednesday. It can only mean it is, it is game plan day. Of course, a huge game plan day in the National Football League. We have much other news though to discuss, do we not? Yeah, I mean, let's let's start with the Suns. You know, you and I were on the air kind of right when the initial story broke during Bickley and Murata yesterday, but we didn't have any sort of response from the Suns when we started our show yesterday. So as we were talking, we were kind of doing it all with with an eye towards the internet, towards the email to see if uh, if anything was coming down. And it eventually did. It was, you know, live reaction on the air. But now that we've had 24 hours to kind of process what happened and and sort of formulate uh, opinions on what might happen next, I I really do think that is the uh, the key part of the story is I got a lot of questions as far as what happens next, honestly. Yeah, that is it right there. The first question is, what is next? And when is this going to be over? Uh, For me, it's always been, and I brought this up yesterday, but for me, it's always been, what can you expect from the players going forward? How do the players actually react to this? Um, What about Monty Williams? What about James Jones? How, How do they react to all of this as well? And that's very fascinating to me. Pure yeah. speculation. That, that's that's the first part of it. And so, since you bring that up, let me play a couple clips here. We have Zach Lowe from ESPN yesterday. I don't know what's going to happen now. I heard Richard say it's on the players. And the unfortunate thing is, it shouldn't be on the players. It shouldn't be on the players now to act as employees, to, to do all, to, to protest, mm-hmm. to not come to the Suns for whatever reason. It shouldn't be on the players who have only 30 places of employment in the NBA to choose from. Mm-hmm. I just look at that, that, that line in the report that there's no evidence that he acted out of racial or gender animus and when you read what he did and how it affected the employees that line is absurd and so I don't know where you go from here but I think that line is absurd hey, look there's a lot of truth to what he just said if we get to a point where, where players whether they're Suns players or just players around the league are reacting to this, Zach Lowe's probably right that it shouldn't come down to the players having you know, to react. That's not really their job. Yeah, and for me, once again, that was always the question yesterday. How are the players going to feel about this ruling? And if I had to speculate on this, and I do, the answer seems pretty clear. The haze in the barn, as the Amish like to say. Right? The league. <laughs> Don't look at me. The league and Adam Silver must have had conversations, of course, with James Jones, with Monty Williams, with Chris Paul, with Devin Booker, with leadership inside that locker room, with with the entire team. They they must have had conversations with them all and told them what the findings were. They told them what the punishment was going to be. They told them everything. And they've probably been working on an agreement between all parties concerned. I mean, this is pure speculation. Yet at the same time, 
If, in fact, the league did not do this, Adam Silver, what are you doing? Oh, so you're suggesting that a governing body of a sport that was conducting investigation actually talked to everybody? So not the NCAA. You're yeah, saying the you NBA what, might have it together a little bit more? Okay, when I say everybody, I, I may need to pare that down a little bit. Well, it's team talking to everybody that, that you would expect them to talk to. Team leadership. Um, maybe they've been hashing this out for months. Maybe it's one of the reasons why it took as long as it did. But the NBA isn't going to suspend Robert Sarver one year and then fine him $10 million only to have Chris Paul and company rip the ruling, rip the investigation, and rip the punishment. Well, not, mean, not if they know that's coming. I mean, if they go to Chris Paul, if, if you're saying, okay, they, they talked to Chris Paul, let's say, three months ago, and they say, hey, this is where we're sort of heading towards, and Chris Paul's not just a leader on the Suns. We're talking about a leader on the Players Association for years and years. Yeah. So you would talk to Chris Paul, I think, even if he were on Sacramento right now. Uh, so, you know, if you go to him and he's like, yeah, okay, I mean, I'm, I'm not running the league, <laughs> you know, uh, it's not inconceivable that he would have a, I mean, we're talking about humans here, he's going to have a reaction, I'm sure, yesterday, even if he had a feeling of what was coming. I'm sure Chris Paul had a reaction yesterday. So I hear what you're saying. If they talk to him and he's like, no, I'm going to flip out, then they probably don't go with that ruling. But that doesn't mean that he won't flip out or that some other player on some other team won't say, hey, you know what? This doesn't add up. Yeah. Once again, this is pure speculation. I, I cannot repeat that enough, ladies and gentlemen. I can't. This is just me right now thinking, okay, PR from a PR perspective. What are you going to do, honestly, Adam Silver? Are, are you Chris Paul's going to see this for the first time? You haven't even talked to Chris Paul. You haven't talked about Chris Paul, about the punishment, about what is coming. Of course, he's talked to Chris Paul. And again, what are you going to do? You're going to drop a one-year suspension and $10 million fine, and then Chris Paul's going to blow up the PR of the league? And not only Chris Paul, but everybody else? I remember Chris Paul once again was there for the Donald Sterling incident. Yeah. And what happened with him? And that wasn't and he that said, long ago. Yeah, that at that point in time, Chris Paul was on the record. Yeah. And yeah. he was not supporting Donald Sterling. No, he was not. And and that's that's something everybody cites, but that that was you know, it's not like that was forty five years ago. That was obviously during Chris Paul's career. Yeah. He was already a vet at that point. This is Ramona Shelburne on ESPN yesterday talking about how this situation is different, or at least the punishment is different than the Donald Sterling punishment. Adam Silver banned Donald Sterling for life, but he did not force him to sell the team. Mm. If that makes sense, okay? He banned him for life and if they he, he had there was going to be a, a vote for the board of governors to force him to sell the team if, if they if three quarters of the owners had voted on that but before they ever took a vote his wife Shelly Sterling decided to sell the team so it uh, that this situation may come to that also the punishment of one year and suspension and a, a 10 million dollar fine depending on how uh, Robert Sarver wants to handle this going forward yeah, look, there's a lot of different ways this can go. We keep focusing on how are the players going to react. And media Day is not really that far away. I think it's it's less than two weeks away till Media Day. I think it was two weeks from Monday, actually. Uh, so That had to be the deadline. That had to be well before. Yeah, you didn't want to do it well the night before, before You didn't want day. to do it the night before, no.
Uh, but there's other, I mean, components to this, right? There's just how people in general react to it, how fans react to it, how sponsors react to it. I'm not saying they're all going to react like, hey, this is ridiculous, but I'm also not going to bury my head in the sand and think everybody's just like, oh, okay, well, that was fine. There are plenty of people who do not think what happened yesterday was enough. Here's Mark J. Spears, also on ESPN. I read everything, everything this yep. dude did. There's no excuse. He should be banned. I don't know how he gets a pass. Um, I don't care about the owner's vote. Mm -hmm. He should be banned. And then he could figure out if he wants to go to the game or not. There's no way he's not banned and wants to keep this team. He also just might, at some point next year, decide, I'm done with this. Yeah, part of me wonders about that since we're speculating as well. Was there any conversation whatsoever that dealt with the eventual sale of the team? I don't know. I may be absolutely way off on this thing speculating. Um, It makes you uncomfortable, yet at the same time when we're speculating about what might happen next, especially as it uh, pertains to the players. Um, I I just keep coming back to it. It makes no sense for Adam Silver and the league to hand down the punishment to Robert Sarver, which many thought was a slap on the wrist to begin with, and then have Monty Williams, the likes of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, rip it to pieces. That's bad for the league. It's bad for the team. It's bad for everyone that's involved. It's bad. You wouldn't do that unless you came to some type of understanding, some type of agreement. All right, we come back and we'll obviously get back into the uh, the Suns story throughout the day and especially if anything else were to develop. But when we come back, we'll switch over to football. And, you know, this was a question throughout a lot of the preseason, Wolf, and not one I thought we'd be asking after week one. But could we see a change and who's going to have the green dot on the Cardinals defense Sunday in Las Vegas? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Well, Wolf, we're heading towards week two of the Cardinals season, so naturally it's time for some more injury updates because... Why wouldn't it be? Our own Tyler Drake out at Cardinals practice today says Andy Isabella is dealing with a back injury. Jalen Thompson is dealing with a toe issue, according to Cardinals head coach. Okay, did you say, okay, you know, once again, not to just gloss over Andy Isabella, of course, but we all know he isn't getting much reps in these games. Um, Jalen Thompson, you said Jalen Thompson? Yeah, yeah, I was Jalen Thompson with a toe. With a toe issue. Okay, boy, let's hope he didn't drop a 50-pound plate on his toe. If that's the case, we need to get the 50-pound kettlebells away from everybody. Can you imagine just how? How long that would be if, in fact, he did that. Well, again, we're speculating on that. Uh, Let's hope he's going to be ready to play. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't say he's like out this week. Look, here's the thing. (laughs) Jalen Thompson just got paid. So at least we know, Wolf, we know this is actually an injury. (laughs) We don't have to speculate on whether or not it's an injury or a hold in. That's where we are with the Cardinals at this point. Every player seemingly is injured and we're just going into week two of the season. Like you said, nothing against Andy Isabella. But he's not really impacting games right Right. now. Jalen Thompson 
100% is impacting games. I'm going to tell you right now that was one of the worst shots I ever got in my life was turf toe. And I wonder if it's turf toe. That's kind of common. It is. It's very common that a player will get turf toe, stub his toe. Uh, yeah, guess, oh yeah, yeah, it only takes one uh, one moment, man. One split second to actually do it right there on the field. But, man, I'll tell you, that is one of the worst shots I ever got. They stuck the blue juice in right underneath the big toe. If you can imagine that. They had Derek Kennard, all 340 pounds of him, laying over my legs. The doc came up. I was like, stick it in. Doc, what are you doing? You got to be kidding. Just shoot it up. And he said, Wolf, this is really, really going to hurt. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Derek Kennard is laughing hysterically, laying on my legs. And I'm glad Derek Kennard was actually laying on my legs, laughing hysterically as the doc shot up the big toe because it hurt for two seconds like you have no idea. Generally speaking, Speaking when the doctor says, hey, this is going to hurt. I know. You're right? in for a, a long morning. Yeah, so hopefully Jalen Thompson's not going to have to go through that process. Uh, Nick Vigil from yesterday talked about something as we try and figure out what exactly happened on Sunday. Not that the Cardinals lost, but how they lost. And maybe Nick Vigil gave us a little bit of insight when he said this. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the things that happened in the game uh, just came down to communication. Um, and so that's definitely something we can clean up. Um, but you have to, to even have a chance in this league. Everybody's got to be on the same page. And Wolf, I'm going to follow it with this clip from Nick Vigil that I haven't heard yet. I can see the description, and I'm pretty sure it's going to make me angry. I mean, I, I can't really say exactly what changed, but uh, I mean, it was just early on. That was, you know, that was the first reps we've got as a group. You know, together, um, and I, I think it showed. Uh, you know, early on in the game, um, and so yeah, we just got to be better in communication. Um, just make that a point of emphasis going forward. First reps we got together as a group was in the first quarter of yeah. a regular season game against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah. Some of this was avoidable. I'm not saying again. I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate. The Cardinals getting a few reps together in the preseason doesn't mean they beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs might be right. the best team in the NFL. Right. That was not their only problem. But some of this was avoidable. If we're going to talk about attention to detail, how many times did we say this leading up? Hey, Isaiah Simmons has never had the green dot. Hey, so-and-so has never played alongside so-and-so. We can't get him a couple series in the preseason. Yeah. So it's not like, hey, this is all new. Well, listen, there's nothing more foundational to the game of football than communication. <laughs> right? You got 11 guys on the field and all 11 guys need to know exactly what is going on. You, you need to know what the call is and pass the call on to others. Sometimes telling them what to do, not only what the call is, but saying, yeah, this is what you got to do on this play. You know, uh, you got the dual read. You got the dual with the outside backer, the inside backer. You got the dual with the guard. Boom. You got. You almost need to know what to do as well, and that's where the communication breakdown was with the Arizona Cardinals. And you could see it. You could see it. There are a lot of guys talking to each other as the snap was going on. That is never a good thing. Yeah, I mean, this was brought up multiple times on this show. But of all the teams to be working stuff out against in Week One. Patrick Mahomes is is probably, if we're seeing, hey, pre-snap, the Cardinals look like they're kind of trying to get it together. You don't think Patrick Mahomes standing right there is like, oh, okay, I'll just do this, and I'll do that, and I'll just pick you apart this way and that way, and I'll throw five touchdowns like it's nothing, and we'll have 44 points seemingly effortlessly. That's... Again, it's not 100% of what happened on Sunday, yeah. but it certainly seemed like it was a pretty big part of it. And so 
the green dot was talked about so much more this offseason than I can remember any other offseason with the Cardinals. Isaiah Simmons had it in week one. Any chance they would say, look, Isaiah, we're asking you to do 15 other things anyway. Maybe we move it to somebody else for week two. Yeah, just listening to Nick Vigil and what Nick Vigil said right there, honestly, um, I, you know, maybe they're going to run Isaiah Simmons out there again. Maybe they're going to do that, run him out with a green dot. But if communication was that bad, if it, it was that big of a problem, which Nick Vigil just said that it was. And it looked like it was. And it looked like it was. Um, man, that's, yeah, that's something foundational again to the game of football. It wouldn't surprise me if somebody else actually had the green dot. Well, of course, my first thought would be Jalen Thompson because at certain points during minicamp, he had the green dot, and uh, now he's dealing with a toe issue. Yeah, yeah. right. He's <laughs> so, you just threw that in I there just, for know, a fact, just right? Watch. The just, toe issue. So you of know where I'm, I'm at with all this. It's Cliff. When we talked, just this is when we talked to him. This is audio of Cliff going into Week One. He sounded tired by Friday. Remember, because yeah. it was just, "Hey, Cliff, can right. you update us on the 74 guys that are injured right now?" Right. It's not some of this. Like I said, some of this was avoidable, and some of this the Cardinals had nothing to do with, and they are just getting hit by the injury bug more than anybody right it's, now. It's really interesting because there's an old saying in the game of football, and it applies to the defense, and it says we might all be playing the wrong defense. But as long as we're all playing the same defense, we're okay. As long as it's the same so, wrong defense. Exactly right. So you're, you might be in the wrong defense. I mean, you got the call wrong from the sideline or in your, your earpiece, which I don't know how that would be possible to get it wrong with your earpiece. But at least you're all playing the same defense. Yeah. Wrong, though, would be. Yeah. So not ideal, but at least you're not all bumping into each other. Or I mean, just once again, think about how critical that is. It's just you—you you, you have no understanding, especially in the game of football, when you have eleven moving parts. If everyone is not on the same page and not running the same play, it—it it is an absolute unmitigated disaster if that happens right there. So communication is foundational to the game and if you're having problems with that you're going to look for solutions in a hurry. Yeah, this is if, if they really feel like switching the green dot would make sense. It's, it's a tough spot because if you give it to Isaiah Simmons in week one you know there are going to be growing pains. There's no way a guy could step in doing everything else he's being asked to do and have the green dot for the first time ever against the Chiefs. I'm just going to keep repeating that part because it, it makes it, it it highlights how ridiculous it sort of is and expect him to be flawless with it. So if you're doing that going into week one Aren't you kind of doing it with the thought of we're going to do this for a while, we're committed to it? Yeah. But at the same time, you cannot afford to lose games while going through growing pains. Yeah. And I know you take it one week at a time, but let's not be naive and pretend the Rams aren't coming to town in a week, too. Can I make a prediction? Uh, can I actually make a yes, prediction I'm gonna write on it the down show right, right now? Okay. Um, you don't usually make predictions. Can I, can I tell you right now, I believe the first team offense next preseason, the first team defense next preseason— I think they're actually going to play. 
That's just me. I'm, I'm serious. I, I hope they are. I'm, I'm wondering right now, and even Cliff, I'm sure, is already thinking about it. You know what? Everything we did this year in Trading Cap, maybe we're going to do the exact opposite. The George Costanza rule that you brought up yesterday. Yes, if every maybe instinct you've just, ever had is wrong, <laughs> then the exact opposite must be right. Maybe we're just going to go ahead and we're going to do the exact opposite next training camp and next preseason. I, I don't know, but it just seems after after game one right now and listening to Nick Vigil right there, maybe it really would have helped this defense to go out there, put them out there for five reps, as I said before, and let them communicate and let them go through the process of actually making the call out on the field. You know they did it in practice. Yeah, they did it in practice. But you're not going up against Mahomes. They, they did it in practice, but at some point in time, man, when the silks are on, I just, yeah, call it a dress rehearsal, call it whatever you want. I hope that doesn't get lost in the shuffle because, again, would that have made a difference on Sunday? Would you I don't have think the so. Chiefs? No. no. But, but, I, but I still hope that that doesn't get lost in the shuffle if you're talking about attention to detail, as, as many of the players and, and Cliff uh, have been since since Sunday. I hope that that's, that is a small, seemingly small thing, but a simple thing to fix. And it's yeah. part of the foundation. We're talking about pre-snap, like getting everything together pre-snap. You, you have to you have to give yourself every advantage that you possibly can going into that first game. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Who are the best teams in the NFL? We'll rank our top five in our power poll next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Who is the best in the NFL? Wolf and Luke's NFL Power Power Brought to you by IBEW Local 640, the best electricians in the world. Alright, it is time for the Wolf and Luke Power Poll Week 2. I don't know, it's Week 1 or Week 2 edition. I guess it's going into Week 2, so it's the Week 2 edition. Wolf, this is how organized I've decided to be for this season, and it'll go right out the window by yeah. the end of this week. Okay. I actually have my rankings from last week. Really? Yeah. Um, care to share them right now, quickly? Uh, last week I went Buffalo 1, Rams 2, Chiefs 3, Chargers 4, Tampa Bay 5. Okay. So, that's just... It, it's funny because now I just pulled up my Week 2 rankings and obviously some movement, but I think I'm sticking with it. What do you say Same we teams. flip that coin right now? Do you, do you go ahead and flip that thing, uh, shouldn't we? To see okay. who's going to go first? No? There it okay, is. okay, okay. Heads. Did you hear it? Oh. Oh, there it is. Boy, that's you, Luke. <laughs> this is like an NFL kickoff. All right. Uh, I never would pick heads, obviously, because tails never fails, but I'll go first. <laughs> Let's start with number five. Tails on the road, of course, always. Yeah. Number five. Pretty sure the Cardinals picked tails before the game against the Chiefs, didn't they? That was it, right? They picked tails, they won, and they kicked. Yeah. Uh, Number five, Wolf. I'm going to keep them in the top five because they did just win the Super Bowl. I'm going to go with the L.A. Rams at number five. Okay, I see that. The Rams at number five. Um, You know what, ladies and gentlemen? I'm going to have to go with the Green Bay Packers at number five. Yes, the Green Bay Packers. I know they lost. My goodness, they look so bad in the process as well. But that defense is too good, and Aaron Rodgers also is too good. That running game, too tough. The Green Bay Packers will figure it out. 
The Packers at number five. That defense, as good as they are, and I, I'm, I don't disagree that they are good, or they could not stop Justin Jefferson at all. He looked like he was going to put up 300 yards in that game if he wanted to. All right, so Green Bay. Green Bay had a rough first week, even, even more rough than the Rams did, but you have them in at number five. On to number four. Number four. Four. Number four, Wolf. I'm going to keep this team exactly where I had them last week. We're going to see them on Thursday Night Football. I have the L.A. Chargers at number four. Nice win over the Raiders. Not anything flashy, but a big any Any interdivisional game in the AFC West is going to be huge this year. And so for the Chargers to start off by beating the Raiders, that gives them a, a big advantage going through the uh, the rest of division play this, this season. You know what? I like your pick. The Chargers at number four. That's why I have the Los Angeles Chargers as well. I'm not going to say Brandon Stokely. I'm not going to say it. I'm actually going to say Brandon Staley. Oh, okay. I absolutely love this guy's philosophy. I think both sides of the ball is adopting a very physical brand of football. Pound the line of scrimmage. Attack the line of scrimmage. Be more physical than your opponent. Their box is one of the most physical, aggressive, violent fronts in the NFL. Yeah, I love what I'm seeing from the Chargers right now. They're number four. Nice to just be able to go out and add Khalil Mack, and he gets you three sacks in the first game too. That doesn't that doesn't hurt. Why has Khalil Mack moved teams twice? Yeah, I wonder about that as well. He should be he he plays like one of those guys that if you end up with him on your roster, he just never goes anywhere. Like you just lock him in permanently, right? Khalil, can I talk to you for a minute? Clearly, you want to come over and play in the uh, NFC West for the Cardinals. All right, number three, <laughs> number three. <laughs> Three. Number three, Wolf. I got to be honest. I had this team fifth last week. I don't love them. I really don't. But the NFC is just so <sighs> uninspiring, I would say, the first week of the season. And even going back towards uh, towards kind of what we expected coming into this year, I have Tampa Bay number three after their win on Sunday night. Yeah, me too. I got Tampa Bay as number three. Brady, 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 of course. Um, they have a very physical rushing attack. They still do. They attack the line of scrimmage. It's very simple. And then have Tom Brady use play action to throw the ball. Um, I love the the additions that they've made in the offseason right now. Their defense played extremely well. Todd Bowles is an excellent coach. I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers number three as well. You know, and he's one of the most overlooked players in the league, it feels like. And even if you if you play fantasy football, you are going to agree with him about to say, but, but Leonard Fournette just never really gets a, a ton of hype. He did when he was like a rookie, but they just kept running with Fournette on Sunday night, and he just kept producing pretty much every time. So they, it's... it's Would you say he's a big back? He's pretty big Would guy. you say he's a thick running back? Yeah, battery rim. Is, you know what? Just hand the ball off. And we're going to get primal on your face. And suddenly, Julio Jones is going to be good again, too, now that he's uh, with Tom Brady. Simple. All right, uh, number two. Number two. 
Number two, Wolf, I don't know how I could have this team any lower than number two after what we just saw on Sunday. I'm going to have the Kansas City Chiefs there at number two. Uh, And I think really it's more of a 1A, 1B situation. Again, we're not just going off of what we saw them do against the Cardinals. This team is a perennial Super Bowl contender with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And they just kind of reminded everybody on Sunday that just because they don't have Tyreek Hill doesn't mean they're suddenly taking a step back. Yeah, especially if their defense steps up and plays as well as it did against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, The Kansas City Chiefs lights out. They looked really, really good. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, once again, um, he can run the ball. And the Chiefs did a good job running the ball. Now, it was against the Arizona Cardinals. And we look at that front right now, and we're all suspicious as to how this season's going to go. But the Chiefs looked like a dominant team in all three phases. The Kansas City Chiefs, number two. All right, so the same number two, and I'm guessing we're going to have the same number one. Number one. Numero uno. Unbelievable. Yeah, number one looked pretty unstoppable on Thursday night. The Buffalo Bills, that's that's my number one. To just handle the Rams in L.A. And, and look, I know weird stuff happens in, in week one or, or things maybe seem a little more exaggerated than they actually are. But the vast majority of people had the Bills as their Super Bowl favorites. And to start the season off in L.A. when the Rams are unveiling their Super Bowl banner and to just humiliate them. I mean, 31 to 10, it felt like it was like 45 to 7. <laughs> yes, honestly. it did. So, yeah, Bill's number one. You know, for me, once again, um, watching Josh Allen play was what made them number one. In a gross simplification of the truth right now, the Buffalo Bills and the way they handled the defending Super Bowl champions, of course, on Thursday night, to your point, Luke, yeah, they, they beat them, and they beat them soundly in every way, but it was the how. Just watching Josh Allen go about his business, the competitiveness, the fire, the intensity that he brought to the game from the quarterback position, the quarterback position, blew my mind. Josh Allen, ladies and gentlemen, is a football player through and through, even though he plays quarterback. How about the fact they didn't have Tredavious White, which we talked about on Thursday going into the game, and then you didn't even really notice during the game. And that's a pretty good player. But they were just like, yeah, yeah, we're fine. We'll just go beat the defending Super Bowl champs by 21 in their own building. The Buffalo Bills, number one in the Power Bowl. Do I get anything if I have the same five teams after Week 17 that I had going into Week 1? Because right now, that's two weeks in a row, same five teams, slightly different order. But yeah. do I get anything like some sort of? No. I'll give you a gift card. How much and to where? <laughs> <laughs> Your choice. Sure. Oh, where would you like right. to go? Well, okay. and I'll give you a hundred bucks. All right. How about that? Well, then I'll just put them. I'll tell you right now, my final five teams in uh, in, in week seventeen are going to be Buffalo, the Rams, Kansas. Is that City, what Pro Bowl money is? <laughs> just waving hundreds around. Oh, in okay. Here. Oh boy. All, All right. right. Oh, Can I use your please. condo in Hawaii next summer? Oh, that's it. I had to sell it. Now you know that. I had to sell the condo. Made too many power. I never had a condo. <laughs> of course. 
and Hawaii. Never. Never. Not yet. All right. Uh, that was I just like bowl. to tell people that had fewer Pro Bowls than I did that I did. I guess. It. I mean, that, that <laughs> is a, a joke. That's a great line. I can tell people I have a condo in Hawaii. Who's going to be able to check unless they actually are in Hawaii? Uh, join Four Peaks this Sunday for a Red Sea Road Rally as the Cardinals take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Enjoy great prizes, ticket giveaways, and food specials all game long this Sunday at Phillies off Warner Road and the I-10. When we come back, what are the Cardinals going to do to slow down Chandler Jones and Max Crosby on Sunday? We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Marquise Hollywood Brown, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Heaves it deep for Hollywood. He's got it. It's a touchdown. Oh, mama. I always wanted to be here. Me and Kyler talked about it. Where it actually happened is pretty crazy. Tell you what, when he stepped on the field the first day, his speed just jumped off the charts. I expect him to be a big part of this offense. Oh. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. Wolf, I was looking uh, at the list we put together when we did our power polls there. And we basically had the same, we had four of the same five teams, and then you had Green Bay at five, I had the Rams at five. At least for me, the Cardinals play four of the five teams on my list, and they play the Rams twice. <laughs> so the uh, the conversation that the Cardinals do not have an easy schedule this season by any means is uh, is very true. I also have this, I got a couple of these emails, I'm going to read one to you in a little bit about, uh, I have more preseason stats for you. Mm. But do you want to just shake your head? Do you want to get frustrated for a second? No. Okay, well, then I'm going to save this for you for later on in the show when I feel like you do want to get frustrated. Okay, okay. thank you. All right, so just be prepared that that's coming later on in the frustration. show. Frustration. More? Yes. More frustration. Yeah. Okay, more, that's good. More frustration on the way later on in the show. Uh, for the Cardinals this weekend, though, they will be facing not only Chandler Jones, their, uh, their former teammate. They're going to be facing Max Crosby, who had a... Uh, He's had a monster career up to this point. I'm not even going to say he hit a monster first game. He did have a monster first game right now. And just looking at their two edge guys, of course, Chandler Jones, we know him very, very well. We know just how good Chan is. And yet Max Crosby right now is their best pass rusher when you watch him. This is a guy that last week, as a defensive end, Basinonians had 10 tackles. And you just don't see a guy who's playing the edge very often have 10 tackles. You don't see that. Uh-uh. And then, listen, the Raiders, what was so interesting, they were only able to generate three pressures, three quarterback hits. Yeah, they didn't have a sack. They didn't have week. a sack. Didn't have a sack, Luke. They were only able to generate those three quarterback hits. But Max Crosby had two of them. Yeah. <laughs> Chan had the other one. Yeah, Chandler didn't have, like, he didn't, it wasn't an amazing debut for him. It wasn't like it was bad or anything, but it, you go back and watch parts of that game, it's not like you see Chandler Jones all over the film. You absolutely see Max Crosby all over the film. It's been that way since he got into the league. Uh, I think it's a major reason why Chandler Jones wanted to ultimately go play for the Raiders because he gets to line up in the same defense with a guy like Max Crosby. So you would think over the course of the season, teams are going to have a really hard time protecting their quarterback from both of them at the same time. The Chargers were able to do it. Hopefully the Cardinals are able to pick up something from what the Chargers did and and keep Kyler Murray away from those two as well, because those are the two main threats on this Raiders team. Yeah, what's so amazing about this, though, base and Orleans, for the most part, Luke, is just the fact that the interior offensive linemen may be critical, maybe even more important than what the tackles are going to be on the edge. 
And the reason why I say that, Basin Onions, because this is one of those classic games where Kyler Murray is going to have to throw the ball from the pocket. That's what I think. He's going to have to step up into the pocket. And this is an area he needs to continue to improve. He has improved significantly in doing this. He needs to step up into the pocket. Those tackles right now need to run those guys, those edge guys outside. But the interior offensive linemen right now, they need to be stout. Give him a pocket to step up into and make a throw. That means, man, Justin Pugh, are you ready to go, Justin Pugh? Are you ready to go? Rodney Hudson, of course, Will Hernandez. I I, I looked at Pro Football Focus. I looked at their grade of Will Hernandez, and I, I, I don't even know what they were looking at. I'm serious. Too high, too low? What too low. Way too low. Way too Again, low. They had Patrick Mahomes how many times, eighth among quarterbacks in week one. How many times I saw Will Hernandez square up on Chris Jones and and hold up fine on Chris Jones? I, I honestly I, I don't know what they're looking at, but you know I always look at their grades with speculation to begin with. Well, especially on the offensive line, because just by the oh. nature of the position, that's the one where a guy could look like he's failing and it was by design. It could look like a guy is succeeding and may, he maybe isn't doing as good of a job as you might think. I would say more so than any other position, but both when they have Patrick Mahomes eighth in week one in, in terms of just performance grade, <laughs> eighth among quarterbacks, not eighth among every athlete on the face of the earth. Eighth among quarterbacks, I, we're not off to a great start with yeah, football focus this year. They debased themselves, of course, but Will Hernandez, how many times Chris Jones tried to bull rush him, tried to run right over him, and Will took that anchor, baby. We're talking about a significant anchor and sat that thing down. I'm surprised um, you didn't get the music right there. I, I'm, I'm just, you know, again, uh, this is this is what needs to continue going forward. But I think the interior offensive line is critical to this week. A lot of times you're going to get Chan coming up around the edge. Now he's very good with his up and under as well as is Max Crosby. But I think we'll we'll do what we can. Um, I think with the Arizona Cardinals protection schemes, I think they're going to try to chip. On, on a Chandler Jones chip on Max Crosby, they're certainly going to try to pick their spots and how to slide the offensive line as well. But the interior offensive linemen, I think, are going to be critical, too. Here's, uh, here's Patrick Graham, the uh, Raiders defensive coordinator, on the role of Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, specifically this week against Kyler Murray. Chan and Max, they, they work hard every day. They go out there and compete at game day. I mean, these guys have had a lot of success in the league. And- and, you know, made some plays on Sunday. And then in terms of when we don't get the W, I know that's the only thing they care about. That's the only thing I care about. So the big thing is about affecting the passer. And this week we have a challenge. You know, it's a little bit different, but still the loose plays. I mean, you know, that's um, you had to deal with that with the Chargers. We're going to have to deal with that this week. Uh, and their role, we'll, we'll, we'll go through when we're going through the game plan process, what their role is going to be. We really haven't defined that yet. But, you know, everybody's going to play a part in containing him because he's so dynamic. Dynamic. I mean, whether it's the design plays for him to get out in space or the loose plays, it, he's a real problem. He's a real dynamic player. Uh, that's why they, that's why they signed him to that extension. And it's going to be interesting, you know, because he's been so successful over the last few years. But we'll, we'll get going on that process. We already started that process, but we'll, we'll start uh, continue with it today and for the rest of the week. 
your thoughts on that? Well, I just I think back to week one, and it's not like Kyler Murray had an amazing game, but if you were grading everybody on the offense on a curve, you'd probably say Kyler Murray had the least disappointing game. And so somebody, multiple somebodies, are going to have to step up in week two because obviously teams... And you just heard it right there from Patrick Graham, but it shouldn't be a surprise. Opposing defenses direct everything at Kyler Murray, first and foremost, when they're playing the Cardinals. So Stop Kyler Murray. It, yeah, it can't just yes. be him this week. No, it cannot just be him, but it's not going to be. That much I'll guarantee you right now. Um, listen, the Vegas um, situation with the secondary right now is brutal. It is they got all banged up. They lost two of their guys last week, yeah. and it's a it's a question as to whether or not they're going to play this week. Um, certainly, it's a situation where uh, the Arizona Cardinals hopefully can take advantage and get some receivers one on one. But that means protection. You you have to be able to protect Kyler Murray going forward. I think for me, on the offensive side of the ball. This is question one. This is the number one thing that has to happen for the Arizona Cardinals to beat the Raiders. They have to protect Kyler Murray. Because if, in fact, they're able to protect him, they're going to be able to exploit that secondary. Yeah, it it sounds so basic, but at the same time, it wasn't there in week one. And, you know, honestly, Will, for all the questions that we had coming into this season... I never really considered the offensive line that much of a question. I mean, you always want your offensive line to be better. Sure. Right? And it's not like I thought they were going to be the best in the NFL. But when you lined up all the questions, every time we did like predictions or anything for the website before the season, it was like, okay, what's your biggest question? What are you most concerned about? Where do you think they could add more help? It was always corner. It was always edge rusher. It was always linebacker even. defensive. It was, it was never, never did I look at it and say, well, the offensive line is where they really have their issues. And yet that's what really one of the areas that struggled in week one. Basically, uh, one position as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and at the same time, maybe that means it's fixable for uh, for week two. When we come back, the fallout continues regarding Robert Sarver's suspension. Should we expect Chris Paul or anybody else to be speaking out anytime soon? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.